Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We also help you get the word out via social media posts and high-quality branded videos, all customized for your business and content. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. Today, Paco and I are going to chat about how to build a list of prospects and then what to do with that list once you've built it. So we're going to talk about, you know, creating, uh, building, generating leads on your website, purchasing lead lists, how to manually curate a list of leads and how to build leads in person. And then we'll talk about what to do with those leads once you have them, how not to be too salesy, how to do cold outreach versus warm outreach and a bunch of other stuff. We really dig deep into the weeds of this particular topic and give you lots of actionable advice. So definitely stick around for this one, all that and so much more coming up right now. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. Absolutely. So welcome to everyone who's watching this live on Facebook and welcome to everyone who's listening to the recording on your favorite pod catcher like iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, and thank you to anyone who's watching this on YouTube. We don't get a lot of YouTube viewers, but um, if you happen to stumble on this or you're one of the few and the proud who actually uh, primarily consume this show on YouTube, welcome to you as well. And spread the word. <laughs> We'd love to get more YouTube people uh, tuning in. I know, like, I don't know. This isn't really, it's not the best thing for YouTube, I guess. Um, but, uh, but. Get hey, what you pay for. Get what you pay for. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So today our topic is, we don't have a guest. So Paco and I are going to chat about um, building a customer list. Some of the different ways you can build a customer list. Some ways that that might surprise you. How do, how do you like that for a teaser? Um, some ways that aren't obvious that you might not think be thinking about. And then once you have a list of potential customers, what do you do with it? How, how do you best leverage that, that list of leads? So we're going to get into that for the topic today. Uh, but before that, I just want to say, hi, my name is Matthew Rodella. I uh, am a former IT business owner, and now I run a couple businesses or a couple uh, services that help IT business owners market themselves. One is called Tech Site Builder. And one is called Tech Blog Builder, and I will get into uh, what each of those do in a little bit. Uh, and this show is the Computer Business Marketing Show, where um, we help you uh, grow your business through uh, marketing tips and tricks that are specifically targeted at you folks, computer repair businesses, IT businesses, MSPs, everything in between. We try to cover it all here and uh, leave no stone unturned. And I'm joined here by my co-host who uh, is out in the trenches, um, fighting the good fight, uh, doing uh, doing the work of the people in his uh, IT business, Paco LeBron. How you doing, Paco? Oh, I wish I picked another industry, man. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, no, it's, uh, yes, sometimes it, I get that feeling too. No, things are good. I can't complain. It's a busy good. So um, yeah, things are well. I cannot uh, cannot complain one bit. Excellent, excellent. So, what what's been happening in your world here lately? Yeah, so I mean, it's been super busy. Um, you know, I had last we were on, I went for a vacation for my birthday on that weekend. Um, 
it was a little bit more intense than it was uh, relaxing. So, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you take your child and, they, you know, it's kind of making uh, sure that they have fun, not so much yo. So right. um, I have my uh, my monthly or quarterly um, mastermind with a couple of the fellows with the community on podcasting this weekend. So that'll be my guys weekend out, as uh, they say. Um and hopefully get some good knowledge and stuff like that. But yeah, no, but just really been busy. Um, a lot of projects have been coming up, a lot of coordination. Um, it's starting to become very interesting to, you know, coordinate certain subcontractors that you have no um kind of involvement with, but you still have some um configuration. So for example, my cabling guy, um, we just did a 26 drop at one of um one of my uh clients uh locations. You know, we did another setup where we're onboarding um, Office 365 for a law firm. We have another client that we're doing some onboarding. So it's been a, it's been a good month for onboarding um, this month. So we had three that came in at the same time. So that's been taking up a lot of my time and really uh, working up the retainer blocks. So appreciate that for those for my clients taking care of us. Nice. Um, and basically, I hired my new virtual assistant as of last week. Um, so she's starting uh, three days out of the week part time. And how I've been trying to do onboarding is we met for one day and then I've just been recording screen shares of me going into Synchro. So primarily, I just really need her to just reply to all the emails that come into our help email and basically make sure everyone gets a response. And then second, um, making sure that, you know, any tickets that are coming in in our leads component are created and set up and appointments that are set as well. So it's been really helpful to have that, especially to schedule appointments. Um, it's been a little bit uh, hectic for me to even just sit down and do some billing. So I'm hoping that, you know, eventually everything all in one system um, and just basically have her kind of go through some of that stuff as we kind of move along. So is she truly virtual? Like she's not in your area? Uh, she no, she's local. She's in Chicago. Okay. She just uh, she works remotely. Gotcha. Yeah. So so that's that's great. That's the best of both worlds because then you you know you don't have to have an office to house her, but you can meet with her in person. You know, every now and then when you need to. That's the one thing I miss with having Madison in uh, in Nevada is that it's you know it's nice to just kind of every now and then get together and and sit down in person and talk through things. Right. Yeah. And you know and you know virtual conferencing it helps as well. You know, going yep. through Zoom or Google Hangouts, things like that. Um, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit more efficient too. You know, you don't have to try and figure out a place. You don't have to try and flip the screen around and, right. you know, all that sort of deal. So, um, all in all pretty good. Um, and you know, just because of the busyness, I'm falling behind on my podcast. Uh, I've already heard a couple of, uh, uh, pokes about it. So I'm hoping to get one here recorded for the weekend, um, and get that going out next week. But yeah, it's just one of those where trying to maintain a consistency is, uh, I got to figure out a better time to record. Um, because I always remember about it Sunday night and I try to do it Monday night for Tuesday and it just doesn't work out the way I hey, want it to Hey, take be. a page from my book. Go live, yeah. find a co-host <laughs> to keep you accountable. <laughs> then, uh, I do got a couple interviews I got to do. So I got a couple good guys that want to nice. jump on and tell their story. So just got to schedule some time with them. And remind hours. folks what uh, that podcast is and where they can find it. Yeah. So um, I am the host of uh, Tech Life, formerly known as Podnuts Daily, um, over on the Podnuts Network. So you can find us on podnuts.com or uh, Tech Life on the uh, iTunes or uh, uh, Stitcher, any of your podcatchers. Awesome. Yep. Um, cool. And uh, as far as what I've been up to, um, so it's been a, a rough couple of weeks. I, my dog got injured a couple of weeks ago, so I've been trying to help him get better and heal. And, you know, this is the first time I've had a dog, like as an adult, like by myself, like it's my dog. Like I've had dogs before when I was a kid and pets and stuff. Um, but it's definitely a different thing when it's like you're the sole one responsible for it. And so especially this is something I hadn't been through before, but when a, a dog gets injured, you like, you don't know what happened to it because it can't talk and it can't really tell you what's going on. So it's like a lot of like trying to figure out and, and it's hurting and it's in pain. You could tell it's in pain, but you can't, you know, figure out what's wrong with it. Um, so it was just, luckily I work from home. So I was able to stay at home and kind of take care of it while I was, it, it was injured. We think it got hurt when we took it to, um, uh, day camp, we take him to day camp every now and then so he can play with other dogs and run around and stuff because we don't have a backyard uh, where we live. 
So we like to, you know, let him play with other dogs. And I guess he, he must have played pretty rough with a bigger dog. Um, maybe the bigger dog tried to mount him or something. And, uh, and so we think he um, uh, did something to a disc in, in his back um, or tweaked his back or something. Uh, and so it was just, you know, he was out for a while. He couldn't move. And it was just a lot of taking care of him. So that was one week. And then the the next week, which is this week, um, I have – so this year we're doing National Guard a little differently. We're splitting up the two weeks in the summer and doing one of the weeks now and the other week <laughs> in the summer because we want to try to, to do this week – we want to try to do recruiting at colleges. And we can't do that in the summer when all the colleges are out. So we're trying to do it in the winter. So we're doing it this week. So it's been a, so I'm going off and doing national guard and then coming home and trying to catch up on work and stuff. So very hectic. Um, but one of the things I found that I really struggle with, especially at these times when a lot of stuff is going on, uh, you know, there's, there's things I've outsourced in my business and there's things that are automated and that's all great. All that stuff is running well. But the one thing that I haven't quite figured out how to automate or get off, off, off my plate is, when I'm working with clients on projects and, uh, you know, we have the initial meeting. That's great. I can throw that on the calendar, hop on the phone, get their requirements, um, propose a solution all on the phone. And they say, great, let's do it. And then I'll say, okay, great. Let me put this together in like an official proposal or agreement that you can sign. And then I'll send you the, the first invoice and we'll get rolling. Um, so we have that first meeting. And then for some reason, I just, I get busy with other stuff and I don't get to that proposal or I don't get to that contract or I don't get to that invoice. And then it ends up getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And, uh, and it becomes a problem. I either some, sometimes I might forget about it or sometimes the person I'm working with gets frustrated because they're ready to get going. And yet here I am saying, you know, I'll have this to you in a couple of days. And then it ends up being a week. In in this case, there's a client I'm working with. It's been about two weeks and they actually reached back out to me saying, Hey, you know, I've, I'm waiting for this, this thing you said you were going to do for me and, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, so it's, it's a lot of times it's, it's that point because once I get, once I, they sign the invoice and they give me their first payment, then I feel like I, like I have skin in the game and I have to start working for them and get something done. But it's that point between the initial kind of, um, conversation and the official project beginning that gap there that I have, I have trouble, um, figuring out how to, you know, get, get Close with that. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple, so I have the same issue in reverse, obviously the customer trying not to, um, you know, following up and following up and following up and not hearing back or, you know, things like that. Um, so what I've learned is, um, scheduling another meeting after that, the end of that meeting. And, um, so for example, if I work with a prospect, and give them all the information. It sounds like, yep, you know, I just got to go back to my, you know, boss, my director, whatever the case may be, you know, I'll tell them right then and there. Okay, great. No problem. Um, do you think it'll be okay to give you a call same time next week? Or do you need two weeks? You know, and we spe- we confirm on a hard date and the time. And what I do is I send them a calendar invitation, same as I did when we spoke about the proposal. And then that way they know that they've committed it in their head for that date. And so it's not a surprise for me to follow up on that date. And then oftentimes some people just couldn't speak on that day and they'll email me right before saying, Hey, sorry, I can't make the meeting. Let's schedule for Friday and things like that. So I'm not sure if this is something that can help be helpful for you, where if maybe, you know, you got the proposal, you got everything or you got everything you need for to make the proposal and you kind of tell them, you know, it's probably going to take me about a week or so or two weeks. You know, you give a, a, a bigger time frame right. um, just in case, because especially you're, you're going to know what's going on at that time when you're kind of doing everything. And then once you give them that date, you know, if you come in earlier, you just look that much more of a superstar to them on yep. you're on the ball and kind of going from that. Or if you get to that date, you, it's, it's promised. So right. that may help out. And then putting that calendar reminder may put you on the hook. So that way it's tangible for you to kind of work on. So that yep. may be a suggestion I would give on, on that part. Yeah, I think I think increasing the timeline is, is a great thing because, uh, you know, I will often create like a to-do task or something to get that done. But any new task goes to the bottom of the list because there's things that are, you know, 
that that were at the bottom of the list two weeks ago that are now at the top of the list and I got to get done. Um, so then it ends up, you know, taking a while to get to the top of the list. So I think, um, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's really good. I'll just give them a longer time frame saying, okay, great. Um, you know, we're, we got a, a few projects going on now, but as soon as, you know, we've, we're wrapping up those, we'll, we'll get the proposal sent to you so that we can focus on this project. So I can kind of spin it as a, you know, as once we get that, done then we can focus on your project and because i'm afraid that you know that 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 gap that they're waiting they're going to think oh this guy is you know is not going to have time for us or he's going to be late with everything in the project and i definitely don't want to give them that uh, that impression right um, so I, yeah i think promising a longer longer time frame is good and then I'd, i i i'm just i'd love to find a way to 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 automate or something because Putting together a proposal is one of the things I least like doing, but it's one of the things that it's I have the terrible. hardest time figuring out how to outsource. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love, I think something I'm going to try now that I'm talking about it is, um, and I do this usually, I'll record the uh, the conversation I have with the, the customer to gather requirements and, and everything. Um, if I can record that and then train, you know, Madison or someone to, you know, kind of how to put together the proposal and then send them that recording and see if they can use the points of that recording to put together a proposal. That might be something I'll try. See how that yeah, goes. Putting, yeah. putting together quotes, putting together proposals. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I don't hate think it. Anybody I hate it with a passion. That. Yeah. And, but you know, that's what you got to do. That might be like a good business. If someone wants to be like an outsourced proposal writer. <laughs> yeah. I think they can make a lot of money with that. Uh, hey Mike, how's it going? Mike Wise is joining us. Good hey, to see you. Mike. Mike and his uh, wife, we met him last year at IT Owners Compass. Yep. They're actually uh, helping us out with uh, with the newsletter for uh, TechCon. Nice. So. Excellent. Good uh, Good to see friends in the group there. All right. So um, before we jump into the featured topic, I want to mention uh, the first service uh, that, that I have that I think could help you guys listen to this, and that's called Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is a blog writing service for IT businesses. So in this podcast, we talk a lot about the importance of content marketing and the fact that in order for customers to want to use your services, they have to get to know you. They have to understand that you're, you are the expert at what you're doing, and they have to get to, to trust you. And the best way to do that is to be constantly putting out free content. Um, whether it's, you know, videos, social media posts, blog posts, um, these are things that help get you in front of your customers or your potential customers day after day, week after week. And then they eventually get, you know, they learn that you're going to be the go-to person when they have a computer issue. So uh, the best way to do that is to start with the blog. I love starting with blog posts because you put those on your own website, you own them, and they help with your SEO on your website. And they also, uh, you can then take that blog post and use it in other ways. And that's what we do in Tech Blog Builder. We write unique blog posts for your IT business. And then we take those blog posts, put them on your website for you. We uh, SC, uh, search engine optimize them for you so that uh, that they're, they're good to go with that. And then um, we have a couple other extra add-on services where we'll also take those blog posts and post them on social media and link them back to your website create a cool little snazzy graphic to go with it. Uh, and then we also have a service where we'll take all of that and package it in a video so that uh, you can get even further engagement. And then you can take that video. We put it on social media for you, uh, or you can take also take that video and put it on your website, um, put it wherever you want. So everything we create for you through Tech Blog Builder is yours and we try to create it in the voice of your business so it looks like you know it's coming from your business and it's not being you know ghostwritten by a third party so we really get to know your business we craft content that is uh in your business's voice and then we distribute it out from your blog and your website to social media and videos as well so if you want to check out tech blog builder if you think that'll be a good fit for your business head on over to techblogbuilder.com all right, so let's jump into the feature topic today, which is about how to build a customer list and what to do with it once you have it. So we're going to kind of break this conversation up into two halves. The first half is going to be how to build a list of leads, basically, right? We, we call it a customer list, but really it's not your customers. It's potential customers or people who you want to reach out to to become customers. So 
My favorite way to do this, of course, is through your website <laughs> because uh, you know I'm the website guy and uh, and I like doing stuff on the website. And I think the website is the perfect tool to do this because it's something you have control over. Unlike social media, for example, it's something that you can make it look however you want. You can brand it. You can you know put it in your voice. It's a great way to attract the kind of customer you want to attract. So if you're you know if you do residential break fix, great. You can have you know images of you know, you, you fixing computers in people's houses. You could talk about your remote services, how you'll go to their house, have some friendly images on the homepage, talk in kind of a laid back, um, less formal way in your, in your content. And then, uh, you'll attract those types of customers to your website. So once you're, once you're attracting customers to your website, there are other ways you can get people to land on your website. My favorite is SEO search engine optimization, because that way you are building your website to be found by people in search engines. And uh, it's something that's ongoing. So once you set a good SEO foundation and you keep it going, that's that's a great way to just continue to get leads over and over again for the rest of time, basically. Um, another way you can get leads is AdWords, uh, you know, Google's uh, advertisement platform. You have to pay for that. So you need some to invest some money up front. And you especially need to invest a lot of money at the very beginning when you're experimenting, trying to find the right keywords, trying to build your keyword list and stuff like that. Um, but once you get that going uh, and and it's going pretty good, you, sh- you can start to generate a lot of good leads to your website. Uh, another thing you can do is Facebook ads. Uh, I'm a big fan of using Facebook ads to generate leads as opposed to using Facebook ads to generate sales. So uh, someone's going to click on an ad and engage with you more often, if you're not selling them something, if you're just saying, hey, here's a helpful piece of content or here's something cool that I wanted to show you, they'll click on that no problem because that's something they're used to seeing on Facebook is a helpful article or something like that. So do you use Facebook ads to get people to come to your website to consume content and then learn more about your business. So those are kind of the, the three primary ways I like to send people to, to websites once they get to the website, then you want to make sure you have a customized landing page depending on how they find out about your website. So through SEO, you know, depending on the keyword they use, you can have a page that's built around that keyword. Um, so for example, if someone's searching for, I did this recently for a tech site builder customer, we built them a VoIP services landing page. So if someone was typing, you know, VoIP service provider in Google, you did some good SEO that showed up at the top. They land on a, they click the link and they land on a page that says, "Hey, we are the best VoIP SEO, or the best VoIP service provider in town. Here's what we can do. Here's how we can help you." Um, as opposed to just landing on a generic computer repair website, you know that there's a bit of a disconnect between VoIP and computer repair. So it's good to have a specific landing page. Once they land on that landing page, then you want to give them a way to contact you very easily. The, the best way to do that is have a phone number and a form and, and use both. Uh, if someone's, you know, on their phone looking and they're, you know, they're, they don't have much time, they might just want to click, click a button to call you. Um, whereas if they're on their desktop, if they're at work and they might not be able to make a call, then you have that form where they can fill out a form to contact you. Um, so if, if the service you're providing is enticing enough, they might fill out that form and then they become a lead. So then you can add them to your list of leads. And then we'll talk about what to do that later, what to do with that later. But if you find that you have a lot of people landing on your page and they're not filling out that form or they're not calling you, then you might want to give them an extra incentive with what we call a lead magnet, some kind of thing that they, in order to get it, they need to give you their email address. So a popular type of lead magnet is uh, an ebook or a white paper or some kind of useful downloadable thing that in order to download it, they need to give you their email address. Uh, but it can also be a free consultation. Uh, it could also be, you know, um, a, f- a, a free discovery call or, or, you know, reach out to us or maybe we'll uh, like a, for me, it would be like a free web audit. Maybe, you know, I could take a look at their website, tell them what, what, you know, could be improved and no strings attached. Hey, I'll do it for you for free, no obligation. But in exchange, you do get their email address so you can reach out to them later. So that's kind of how you can use your website to kind of turn it into a lead generation machine. Uh, we've talked about all these pieces before, um, you know, all these bits of the puzzle. 
and put them up, put them, putting them all together on your website can really be an effective way to generate leads. So, uh, Paco, do you have a, another way that you like to acquire, uh, lists of, of potential customers? Nope. End of show. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, so yeah, no, one thing, one, um, that I've been doing is, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to c- get that process going. And, um, speaking with a friend of mine, he had pointed me to possibly looking into purchasing lists. Now, this is where there are certain vendors out there that will be allow you to purchase a customer list, depending on the type of criteria you plug in and be able to find your potential prospect. Um, and this is anywhere from you're looking at only law firms, you're looking at you know healthcare, specifically in a particular zip code, um, a specific type of demographic, things like that. Um, so the resource he pointed me to was uh, data.com. So basically dataconnect.com, um, connect.data.com is the full website. Um, and I used that a lot in the early days um, to gather, to basically gather a list to attack, but um, they're actually ending that service May 4th of this year. So hmm. if you are going to be using that list, that is something that you're going to want to go ahead and take a look at and take advantage of as soon as possible. Um, I believe they allow you to save those search queries that you do, um, but you're unable to print those out. It's, if I remember correctly, you do have to pay for that to uh, print that list and kind of do what you got to do with it. Um, another resource, which actually uh, Mike Wise was the one that actually brought this up on um, podcasts on uh, Computer Repair Podcast that he was on, is certain libraries so referenceusa.com actually has a database of a lot of customizable ways of finding a your particular prospects and this is again through the criteria that i mentioned before but the cool part about this is referenceusa.com is a paid for service but there are libraries depending on your city and town that have uh, uh, partnered with reference reference usa and as long as you have your library card and your login, you'll actually be able to access their database um, free of charge. So for us in Chicago, the Chicago Public Library actually has a relationship with ReferenceUSA.com, and we're able to utilize that list. And it's a lot cleaner, a lot more things that are going on. Um, and we've been able to pull some lists that way free of charge as well. I like the idea of lists uh, because, or, or purchasing lists because, like you said, you can get really specific about like the type of industry or the type of neighborhood. If you want to, you know, have super local people just around your area, you can kind of target it down to that. And uh, and you know, it's a great way if you want to break into a certain industry, but you have no connection to that industry. You know, get a list of of, of leads in that industry, and then um, you know that's a good start. Uh, one thing I would caution though, is, you know, some, just be wary of purchasing lists because sometimes, um, I've heard, I, I haven't done it myself, but I've heard that sometimes you'll, you'll buy a list of, of customers and then, you know, it's like five, 10 years old. And so a lot of the information is outdated or, you know, a lot of the businesses have, have changed owners or, or something like that. Um, so that can be, uh, um, a risk. So just make sure, you know, that when you get the list, they, they tell you like either this list is constantly updated or it's been updated at a certain time. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Researcher vendors and researcher that way. Um, great. So yeah, that's, that's a kind of great way to, uh, if you have some extra money burning a hole in your pocket and you want to, uh, get some, uh, uh, a good focused list of, of, of specific leads. Um, that's a good way to go. Um, another way to, uh, do it, and this is something I've done for a tech site builder and, um, and tech blog builder is, uh, so for example, if, if the way you found out about tech site builder is we happened to follow you on social media, that's probably because you ended up on our manually curated list. And this is basically, I'll tell my VA Madison when she's done with her work for the day, but she still has time left over in the day working for me, I'll tell her to build this manually curated list. And basically she's, she's going to go to every town in the U S <laughs> the big towns. Right. And, sh- and she'll just off the top of her head think, okay, you know um, 
Los Angeles, California. Okay, what's near Los Angeles? Um, San Francisco, California. Okay, San Diego, California. She'll just kind of work her way through the map, and for each each you know major mo- metropolitan area, she'll type it into Google Space IT Business or San Francisco Space Computer Repair, and then the list of folks that show up there. She goes to the website, sees what the phone number is, gathers the you know as much information as she can, social media accounts, um, location, the name of the owner, if she can find it, all publicly available information. And she puts it in a spreadsheet and she just builds that spreadsheet over time. And that spreadsheet is now, you know, around 1500 strong of, you know, these uh, customers who are, are my target customer for uh, the services I provide. And, uh, and it's, and, you know, you can be very picky, you know, saying the, uh, I only want to find websites that are in a a certain area or are doing certain services. So this is another great way you can get targeted around uh, specific industries or specific regions. Um, and, uh, and it's a great way to, um, you know, be sure that the businesses that you're getting the information is up to date, at least as up to date as is on their website. Sometimes you're going to find uh, things that aren't up to date, but most of the time, the first page of Google, the businesses there are going to be businesses that are doing well, that are, you know, that are in business (laughs) that haven't, um, you know, been, been dormant for a while. So that's a great way to just, you know, it takes time and it's, it's, it's a lot of effort. That's why I say outsource it, get a VA or just hire someone to to, to do nothing but that you can find a, a college intern or something like that to do it for you. Um, but uh, you can just slowly build out over time. Another way to cure manually curate a list is use LinkedIn. Um, the LinkedIn, uh, what is it? LinkedIn pro or, or what is it? The uh, sales navigator, sales navigator oh, premium, right? LinkedIn premium. You get sales navigator where you can do some really good searches um, through LinkedIn for different types of customers and different, uh, in different industries and different, you know, income levels and that kind of thing. Kind of like you can do through Facebook where you can target a certain audience, except Facebook, it's anonymous in LinkedIn. You actually get a list of the people, um, that meet these search criterias. And that's another great way you can build that list. You can take that information and put it in a spreadsheet or just, you know, build that list within LinkedIn itself. Um, and that's another great way to just, you know, over time, something, you know, you do just, Again, when once your employees have free time or whatever, just slowly add to that list. And eventually, after a while, you blink and you have a list of thousands of potential customers. Um, so let's see, we've, we've been talking about a lot of like, um, you know, impersonal ways of building lists. And it, it can get kind of impersonal because it's basically just a, a spreadsheet full of names and, and places and you don't really know these people. But I think one of maybe the most effective ways to build a list of potential customers is to, you know, go out and meet people. And I know this is something you do a lot, Paco. What are, what are some tips you have for that? Yeah. Way back when, when I used to do this networking thing, um, <laughs> when you had time. I used to, yeah. Um, so yeah, no. So, you know, networking is a great opportunity to find resources and partners. Um, but oftentimes you can find relationships that may end up turning into customers as well, or, just somebody you want to keep up to date with your content or information, you know, because you are, should be a subject matter expert of your field in the circles that you run. So, you know, the best way to collect or build your list and in-person events are two ways. One, you can collect business cards. You know, everyone still has business cards. They pass them around and, you know, you can curate your list that way um, because essentially everyone understands in a networking event, you're going to get some type of email one way or another, or be sold to. Um, if you go to a networking event and do not believe you'll be sold to, then you need to make sure that you update your selling profile because that is what you need to expect. Um, and then second LinkedIn, you know, a lot of people are really trying to go away from business cards. Um, there are some people that have say, you know, yeah, what's your LinkedIn and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have the, I believe it's the QR code or there's a little tag that you can go into uh, LinkedIn or if you click on search for uh, nearby people on LinkedIn who are in that setting, also you'll be able to um, curate a list and add them to your LinkedIn list on that way. And then as you, whatever campaign you decide to do, you can actually just show it to your connections versus just public or on um 
you know, kind of in a broad, in a, a vague broad way of kind of advertising whatever content it is to that list. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I, I do that in Facebook too. Like I can build lists of, of friends and that's why I like I'll accept friend requests from customers and colleagues and business associates. And then I'll put them in a specific Facebook uh, group or list, I guess, friend list. And if I want to share something about, you know, a, a marketing related article that I know like my friends and family aren't going to care about, I'll just send that particular thing post and, and, you know, have it be showing only to that list. And, uh, and that's something you can do in LinkedIn. And I think, um, even Twitter and, and all the other social media kind of have some kind of, you know, thing where you can curate a list of leads and send only send stuff to them. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, something that I'm learn. it's funny because, you know, being in the national guard and I'm just tying this to national guard because it happens to be what I'm doing this week. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of recruiting this week or, you know, we're trying and it's not recruiting in the sense that we're, you, you know, finding people grabbing their arm and saying, Hey, sign up for the army. It's basically, we're going to colleges and, That's and, not just, how it goes. <laughs> and, and trying to, and we're, and we're actually doing a lot of good, good marketing principles that we talk about on the show. We're going to colleges. We're trying to be helpful. We're, you know, since we're um, in the, in the military band, we're um, sitting in with their, you know, their, their music classes and we're trying to be helpful, right? We're trying to help them, you know, in rehearsals and, and, you know, be a resource for them to, uh, to say, Hey, we're, you know, we're musicians, we get paid for what we do. So, we, you know, we might have a thing or two to, to impart on you if you have any questions. And then through that, you know, you, you gain, they, you get them to know, like, and trust you. And then you start talking about the benefits of, in our case, you know, joining the military, but in that, in, in our business's case, you can start to talk about, um, you know, what you do in your company and, and how you can help them if they have some specific needs. And then, um, and then we were told this week, you know, don't, if you're talking to someone, don't leave without getting their uh, contact information so you can follow up with them. So even if, you know, you're, you're having a, um, a personal conversation or it's not even about business um, before you take off, you say, Hey, I'd, I'd love to, you know, keep this conversation going, or I'd love to follow up with you. Um, uh, you know, here's my business card. You have a business card and, and just, get, get some kind of contact information, even if you feel like it's not going to go anywhere, or even if you, you know, feel like there wasn't any kind of, you know, business connection, it's still good to get that follow up, get that, um, get that contact because then you can, again, add them to your list. And then eventually over time, maybe you, you guys didn't quite hit it off when you first met in person, but maybe over time they get to know you. I can think of actually a couple specific examples where I met someone at a conference and they, I thought they were full of it, or I thought they were, you know, a little, a little weird or creepy or something. But then, you know, I, I, I found them on social media or something. I started getting to know them, and eventually, you know, I found out, hey, they they got something really great to offer, or they've got awesome services, or you know, they've they make great videos or something like that. And then I, I kept that relationship going. Um, so that that can happen to you as well. So. It, um, it, it's interesting because uh, Carlos uh, Mercado had uh, left a comment. So it kind of deviates to that is, you know, how do you introduce yourself in LinkedIn? You know, is there any special mm. direction and so forth? What I do is I just add people. If, they, <laughs> if they're right. in my, if they're in my field or, you know, if they're in that specific one, I don't even send a, a message because I feel like every message I receive, it's always a BS. Hey, Saw you in my network. I thought we should connect. Let's whatever. You yeah, know? because if, if someone sends me a friend request on LinkedIn, I'm going to check out you know who yeah, they right. are and what their job title is or whatever. And if it's something that I think you know can relate to what I'm doing, then I'll I'll accept it. So I don't necessarily yeah I don't necessarily need a mess a personalized message or anything. It's right, just because if it's, a it, legitimate- it's always hey hey I want to you know and I've gotten good right. about it now, but you know sometimes I give it a shot. You know see, may, see if they're not gonna sell me on the second message of them saying, Hey, thought we would be great to work together, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, and I get a ton of those all the time and I just ignore them and I just ignore, but then, you know, there's some that will say, Hey, just, we share the same connections. I think it'd be great to connect. Okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe if you think like it wouldn't be obvious why they would want to connect to you, then maybe right. you, you send them a message. But if you know, they're, if, if you do it support for law firms and they're a law firm, you know, just, Right, exactly. But if I see in your uh, your opening tagline is helping small businesses gain profitability by 100x, 
I know you're going to sell me. I'm not accepting your request. <laughs> right. It's just not going to happen. You know? Yep. So love it. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah. And then once you, you know, once you give them a friend request, then it's just a matter of you posting helpful stuff consistently on LinkedIn, plus engaging with the other people who, who you follow and their posts. So eventually you might like their post or comment on their posts and they might see the helpful posts you put out there. And then, you know, and then that just kind of builds up and they, they get to know you again, no like trust. That's what it's building. Uh, and, and you kind of go, f- go naturally from there. Yeah. We did a great episode with Joel Applebaum. Applebaum. Yep. Um, Applebaum. Uh, there's an F in Apple there. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's totally all in on LinkedIn. So if you get a chance, uh, check out the episode of CBMS, uh, computer business marketing show and, um, follow him on LinkedIn. You'll see all the type of content that that guy throws out. And it's just, and it's not even just, you know, curated content or content that, you know, he feels that may be especially valuable to the audience. He just is doing everything. You know, he's putting motivational posts. He's just talking about his day. He's just getting out there and seeing what works and whatever works, he continues to keep doing it. It's, it's a moving target and he's, I think he's killing it. Yeah, that's great. And it's, it's almost better just to, to be seen and not necessarily have to worry about always, you know, talking about IT or always talking about your services. You know, we talked to Nathan Drager uh, uh, last time where, you know, he'll, he'll post videos about, you know, not necessarily what they're doing in their shop, but what they're doing in the community. If they went to the local fair, if they're, you know, having a, an employee meeting or something like that, just, you know, th- throw stuff out there and let people get to know you through the content you create. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. Um, so we're, we're getting close to running out of time, but we want to definitely go to the second half of this conversation and talk about now that we've built a list of customers or potential customers or leads or, you know, prospects or whatever you want to call it, what do you do with that list? Um, so I'll get started. This is what I do with the list that I'm building manually. Um, and, and it's going to depend on how the list is built will depend on how you, follow up with that list or reach out to that list. So the warmer, the lead. So a warm lead is someone who's gotten to know you before you reach out to them. Um, So like people you meet in person or people who've been watching your stuff for a while, that's a warm lead um, that you've communicated with in the past versus a cold lead where you have to be a little bit more careful. So for example, this manually curated list of leads, they're all cold leads as far as I know. None of them know who I am, know what I do. So I, I take, I delicately approach them. I don't want the, to turn them off or be spammy or anything. So the first thing I'll do is I'll just go through and start following them on social media. The great thing about following someone on social media is they get a notification that someone follows them and then that piques their interest and they can see, for example, is if it's your business page that's following them on Facebook, they can see, oh, you know, IT services for lawyers, Inc. is, is following me. Um, I'm a law firm. Um, oh, that sounds intriguing. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll see what's going on and, and see what they have to offer and, and, uh, maybe reach out eventually. Um, same thing with LinkedIn, you know, make sure that subtitle on your LinkedIn profile is very specific and really speaks to the people you're going to be following. So when you do follow them on LinkedIn, they see your name and then they see always below the name is the, is the descriptor. I forget what it's called, the subtitle or whatever you call it. Um, the job description, I don't know what they call it on LinkedIn, but that little line that's under your name that uh, they headline see tag or headline. Yeah. Headline. That makes that, that sounds right. Um, they see that and and they're like, oh, okay, cool. This this person looks interesting. I'll 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 um, follow them back, or I'll let them follow me, or accept their friend request, whatever platform it is. Um, and then you know from there, then you can start to you know again just um, once they once they get to know you on social media, then you can start reaching out to them other ways. Then you can maybe send them an email. Um, maybe if you have a conversation on Facebook and you go back and forth a little bit, like they comment on one of your things or you comment on one of their things, then you can shoot them an email a little bit later saying, Hey, you know, it was, it was, it was fun chatting on, on Facebook. I just wanted to follow up and, uh, and, uh, whatever, talk, talk more about the issue you're having or, or see if I can be more helpful. And, uh, and then it, they, they went from a cold lead to a warm lead because they got to know you through social media. So um, that's definitely kind of one of the primary ways that I like to take those cold, 
cold leads and warm them up a little bit. Unlike myself, I'll go <laughs> ahead and go completely cold. Yeah. And what I'll do is, so I did this a campaign in the summer, um, especially when I had just moved into my new office. And what I did was I ended up uh, looking up the list, um, curating who was in the area of uh, around my new office. And I would go ahead and look up the members on LinkedIn and just add them. And I would do an ad request. Um, just so they can see a face to the email that I would eventually send. Right. Um, so they just don't think it's just spam. And essentially what I did was just, you know, I went ahead and used MixMax. I did the template and basically said, Hey, just uh, wanted to introduce myself. We're new and we're new in the neighborhood, but we've been in the West loop for six years or five and a half years at the time. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. We would love, you know, if you have any questions or in need of any it support or help, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Here's our address. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And that was more of the engagement to figure out right. who, you know, who would one, be interested. If they, they, right. Who'd be interested? What would bounce back if the list was old? And then also with MixMax, it allowed me to see who opened it. So that way I saw, you know, two businesses opened it like seven times. So I then mm. called the business and said, hey, you know, just introduce myself. You know, curious if so and so was there, drummed up a conversation, and then we kind of just went off from there. Yeah, and I would I would take that a step further that that initial email you send out, and and maybe even offer up like a helpful blog post or a helpful resource saying you know hey you know uh, I I notice you're you're uh, in the the law industry I wrote this uh, blog post I think you might find helpful that way you're not even saying like hey we offer services that that you might like. I'm, you're saying, hey, here's this, you know, helpful thing that I wrote. So it's kind of less of a, a, a commitment for them, but they're getting more out of it almost. Cool. So, um, yeah, and and famously, and we've talked about this before, um, the um, Mike Mike Junior, right? Mike Smith's son uh, was the one who 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 ta- taught us about yeah, the, the, uh, the, the voicemail. Yeah, yeah, the voicemail campaign where you you call. Uh, if you want to cold call businesses, but you're not a fan of cold calling, um, you you call their their business line after hours. So you're you know, or on the weekends, so you you know that you're probably more likely to get their voicemail. And then you just leave you know a helpful voicemail. The same thing you would do like Paco did in his email, or the same thing you would say if you were meeting them in person or something. Just say, hey, I wanted to in- introduce myself. You know, this is my business. These are the services I provide. Uh, if you need anything, just let me know. Here's my number, that kind of thing. So it takes a lot of the pressure off of the cold calling situation. And then um, and then you're able to get everything out, right? If, if you're cold calling someone, they pick up and you're like, hey, this is so-and-so. And they're like, oh, not interested. And they hang up. You know, that just cut you off, where at least with a voicemail, you're able to kind of get through your whole spiel. Um, and, and so that's a, another kind of way to use those those phone numbers that you're getting from these different list building techniques to, uh, to, to reach out to them. And then finally, kind of, I'll, I'll leave you with a, a, a bit of a ninja tip. Um, this is something I'm also doing with the, the list that I'm manually curating is you can build a custom Facebook audience with it. So with the, the list that I'm building that I put into a spreadsheet, you can just take that spreadsheet, import it into Facebook, uh, into the Facebook ad manager area, um, or, or, uh, what is it called? Uh, audience, I think. Audiences, um, business, Facebook, it's, uh, audiences. Yep. So you go to the, you go to business.facebook.com, um, go to the audiences section, and then you can put together a custom audience and the custom audience, uh, is based on, uh, can be based on a spreadsheet you upload. And then what Facebook will do is it'll look at all the information. And that's why it's important to get as much information as you can in the spreadsheet because they not only look at name, they look at business name, they look at phone number, they look at location, and they use all of that information to match that person to a person that exists on Facebook. And it, you know, for, for the lists that I've uploaded, it's been between 40 and 70% where, uh, you know, 70% of the people on that list, it matched with someone on Facebook and it put them in this, this custom list. So then you can take that list and, you know, these are people that maybe you've already followed on social media. Maybe you've already done, you know, some of the, the outreach via phone or email. And then kind of the next level is to start showing them ads on Facebook um, through the custom audience. And that way, you know that these people already kind of know who you are or they're already 
someone you know can need your service. And then it's just a matter of going back to what I talked about earlier, where you create ads that are value-based. So you're, again, you're saying, hey, here's a helpful blog post I wrote, or hey, here's a great download that, that you can download that'll be uh, helpful to your particular industry. Click this ad and, and check it out. You don't say click this ad, but you say click here <laughs> to check it out. And then they do that. They're not, you're not pressuring them to purchase anything. You'll get a lot more engagement. You'll get a lot more click-through and you'll get a lot more traction um, by doing that. And it's kind of um, uh, uh, like an audience inception. So you're taking a list you already have, putting it into Facebook, and then getting people to click on the ad to then go to your website, to then you know go into your funnel to get added to another list. And that list is a list of people who are interested. So you start with a cold list of people who are prospects, get them to your website, get them to fill out the landing page. And that list is people who are actually interested in your services. And that's a list that you can then start you know, selling to. Um, you never want to sell to the cold list. You always want to sell to the warm list. And the way to get that cold list warm, um, besides all the other stuff we talked about, is you know put them in a custom audience, give them valuable tips in Facebook, and really you want to hit them from all these different directions. Put them in in LinkedIn, connect with on LinkedIn, connect on Facebook, send them emails, give them a phone call, you know show them Facebook ads, and eventually they're either going to love you or they're going to hate you. <laughs> and, and if they, uh, but they're not going to be able to ignore you. And I think that's the key is they need to know you exist and then they can make the decision if they want to use you or not. But the worst thing is to have them not know you exist at all. And then of course they'll, they'll never be able to be your customer. So that's, that's my two cents about that. All right. Anything else you want to add to, to that Paco? No, I think we kind of exhausted with the I think we, allotted, we hit that so. dead horse, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode. Really quick, just want to um, mention Tech Site Builder. If you want to uh, kind of put together a landing page like we talked about in this episode, where um, or you want to have good SEO so you can get people to that landing page, Tech Site Builder is going to be the place where you can do that affordably, quickly, and easily. Uh, I can't think of another way that you can um, quickly, easily, and um, for as low price as we offer it, build a, uh, a website and landing pages specifically for IT businesses. So we give you starter content, we give you temp <clears throat> templates you can use, and then we, of course, have add-on services that you can purchase so that we can do some of those services for you if you don't have the time. So check that out. If you want to Put that together quickly and easily at techsitebuilder.com. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think in the comments below the episode. Every episode that we record, we create show notes. So links to the different places we talk about, links to the sponsors we talk about are on those show notes page. So if you listen to this on you know, iTunes or live on Facebook and you haven't visited computerbusinessmarketing.com recently, head on over there and, uh, and check out the show notes. There's a lot of great resources. You can also search for past episodes. So for example, if you're wanting to learn more about LinkedIn, if you're wanting to start a Facebook ads campaign, search for that thing on in the search box. It's on the sidebar kind of down. Um, uh, in the sidebar over there, computer business marketing, search for the topic you're interested in and you'll find multiple um, previous uh, podcast episodes about that topic. So you can kind of brush up on all that stuff. Finally, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just search for computer business marketing in Facebook or go to techsitebuilder.com slash group and request access to the group by just answering two easy questions. We can't wait to hang out with you over there. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Blog Builder and Tech Site Builder. Thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Here's to your success.